On today's podcast, we have the second half of the interview with Robert Fly Navarro. You'll remember he's an author, a sport fisherman, and founder of Fly Zone Fishing. You'll also remember he's an outspoken shark fishing advocate. Now, we've been going head-to-head on a range of issues. The second part is coming up right now. I'm Luke Tipple, marine biologist and a frequent voice on my favourite things, oceans and sharks. And I'm stoked to bring the magic of Shark Week right to your ears. You know, sharks have been a big part of my life for over 20 years. They're a critical part of the ocean and a conduit to a better understanding life on our planet. So whether you've never seen Shark Week before, or you've been a diehard fan over the 30 plus years it's been around, this podcast is for you. Welcome everyone to Shark Week, the podcast. Today we are airing part two of our conversation with Robert Fly Navarro. You remember we got into some pretty controversial topics and we have so much more to say. You ready to get back into it, Fly? Let's get started. Okay, so before we jump into shark finning, let's quickly remind our listeners what it is and why it's so controversial. Now, shark finning, as we usually refer to it, is a practice of catching a shark to harvest the fins and quite often discarding the rest of the carcass. Now, this can happen even if the shark is still alive. It's super cruel. The shark is thrown back into the water after the fins have been chopped off and then the shark obviously dies. It suffocates to death. Uh, It's a horrendous way to go. Now, eating shark fin soup is considered a status symbol in certain regions, particularly in Asia. Now, as a result, shark finning has contributed massively to the decline of shark populations, and that's mainly because the shark fins are so valuable. Now, there's a lot of opposition to this. More and more countries are now banning shark finning and the shark fin trade, but it's still a massive industry. And here in the US, shark finning is illegal. The shark fin trade, that's, you know, shark fins being sold and moved in and out of our borders, it's still not banned. Now, in some states, it is, and it looks to be, there's actually bills on the table right now that look like they might ban it US-wide, but it's still something we're working on. Uh, But let me get back to what you were asking. Now, Fly, you had a question for me. Uh, Just this past year, and and, and if it's over a year, I could be wrong, it could be 14 months. So uh, we just uh, made, we banned the sale of shark fins in the state of Florida. Are you aware of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's part of that. (laughs) Okay. So here's my question. If that shark was legally harvested, legally harvested, I I am 100% against, and I would say 99% of the fishermen that I know, and I'm almost comfortable saying 100%, but I'm going to say 99 just to cover my ass. 99% of the fishermen I know are completely against finning of sharks and then releasing their the carcasses back to the water that first of all that's disgusting all right for me it's 100 disgusting now if somebody legally catches a shark to sell the meat sell the liver sell the cartilage sell the teeth why shouldn't those fins be legal to sell because once detached from the body it's it's very difficult to tell which species that came from um, even scientists have a problem identifying which cartilage is from which fish. So we have no way of being able to tell which actual carcass or species it came from. Plus, the reduction of an emphasis on the value of shark fin in the United States have contributed to the recovery of many of the species that you're actually now able to go out and target uh, sustainably. Um, so I think I- that that should be a valueless product uh, globally. Well, what what we've done, because it's banned here in 
uh, it's all the Gulf Coast states, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. So you've got rid of what was a, a legally caught shark. You cut it off and you have to throw it away. Now, there's less of those out there. So in economics, supply and demand, you just got rid of all of these shark fins that came from here. You just made the shark fin more valuable in the rest of the world. Well, that's that's the ivory uh, conversation and an argument that people make for not being able to sell or resell ivory. Um, but, I mean, in fact, you're talking about, you know, the ban on shark fin sale in 14 states as it is right now. There's another bill right now being considered where it would be banned uh throughout the United States. And and yes, for certain markets, that may drive up the value in certain places. But as a like the major contributor to shark decimation around the globe is shark finning. Somebody has to set the standard for not valuing that product anymore. It, it has to be taken off the table. If shark fins are not taken off the table, if shark fins are permissible to be sold, regardless of them being black market or not, then species will be eradicated. And we've seen that. It's very clear. Uh, sharks, shark numbers around the world are down about 90%. The very fact that we can be sitting here having a conversation that involves any sustainable take of shark whatsoever is largely to do with the management practices that have been put in place that include the banning of sale of shark fin. I think that's uh, there is some complications that arise from it, for sure, with black markets, but it is the standard that we as the US should be putting out. So, um, and I, I'm, I'm assuming you're well aware of this, uh, our commercial fleet, and I'm going to go to the commercial side really quick, sure. uh, and and not because I partake in it, but because I'm, I'm looking at what they go through, uh, because I see a lot of the regulations that are put on them. Our commercial fleet, in any of the highly migratory species, not just sharks, they are most one of the most regulated fleets in the entire world, um, i.e. safety, i.e. protecting of the fish once it gets caught, so on and so forth. And, and I, I, I feel like I'm barking up a wrong tree here because I, I, I see your stance. I see your stance and I, and I, and I hate people trying to sell me on their stance. I have a hard problem, um, with anything going to waste. And I have, and, and something that is, it was legally caught. It's caught on a legal fish. It's legally harvested. I do not like seeing anything thrown in the garbage can. If, uh, if I'm going to, I, I like to deer hunt. It's, it's one of the things I like to do. Uh, I like to be outdoors. I like, uh, I eat the whole thing. Uh, I don't like to see anything go to waste. Um, I, anytime an animal has to lose its life for consumption, I feel that we need to respect that animal. And, uh, us as a lack of a better term, not a lack of a better term. It's what we are. We're an apex predator, uh, for us to sit there and say, uh, I don't want this part being sold. If it was legally caught the market for shark fins, what, what is the product valuable for? Uh, cons human consumption to what value to, I, I, that I don't know. I don't know. I've only had, sh I've only had shark fin soup one time. 
Uh, I was not in this country. It was something that was brought out to me as I was a guest in a different country. Exactly. It, it's used as it's a, it's a status symbol food uh, used in many countries, largely Asian, Asian countries. And it's, uh, it's, it's been ascribed to uh, completely nonsense uh, medical benefits uh you know it's used for cartilage products which don't there, there's no scientific basis for it whatsoever um but it's mostly a status symbol food and and that is what drives it the the rarer the better the bigger the better the more valuable um if we can put no value on that product that's where it's going to change. I mean, we've done so much advocacy in in Asia to get that status symbol to no longer be a status symbol. Because I mean, it's like eating toenails, like soft toenails, right? <laughs> it doesn't actually do anything for you. Well, but but here's the th- here's the thing. So uh, I, I am the son of uh, two immigrants from from Cuba, um, and I grew up eating beans and rice. Sure. Who are you to tell me I can't eat beans no more? If it's a food that sustains you and it's sustainable to get, you can do whatever you like, sir. But it is not sustainable to harvest shark fin at the rates of which it is being harvested to feed the need for status symbol. I, I, again, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with finning of sharks. What I'm disagreeing with is if a shark is caught legally, 100% legal, uh, It's and I'm going to go back to NOAA and HMS, this shark can be harvested. Boats are allowed to harvest X number of them. Uh, I knew back in the day when uh, when shark sales were still allowed, uh, shark fishermen were having an issue with one particular shark uh, because uh, the way the rule read at the time was you were only allowed to have X number of fins per uh, per shark. It was a it was a number. It was a, an average number. And then lemon sharks, because lemon sharks have, I think, either somewhere between two or four more fins. Uh, And it was throwing everybody's balance completely out of whack and it made them not keep any more lemon sharks. Listen, me personally, uh, regulation is hard. The more rules you put out there, the more regulations, the harder it is. Uh, I was okay with that saying, hey man, if this is the number people came out with, uh, because they didn't want people whacking out a bunch of sharks or a bunch of fins and then throwing the carcasses over and suddenly you have 500 fins and you only have 20 carcasses. Uh, I get it. Uh, you you got to draw a line somewhere. But the part where suddenly uh, you're outlying one particular, that was on a legally caught fish, uh, you like... You like snapper? Sure, yeah. So what happens if the state of Florida right now just outlawed the sale of the tail of the snapper? Well, the tail of snapper. <laughs> you have to chop it off and throw it away. I mean, are you, and, are you but saying- some people like I, to I think eat you're it. kind of making my point for me because, you know, the tail of the snapper, are you talking about just the fin or are you talking about like the back portion of the snapper? Because I, I, I want to get your point. Just, no, no, just that little tail where, where suddenly some people, when I grew up, I used to eat the tail of the yellowtail. My grandparents used to fry the whole sure. thing in the tail and we eat it. And uh, now we are sitting here and I, and, and I get your point of the- the status symbol. I'm not arguing about it. Uh, I, I, I get your point. I don't know enough about shark fin soup. Um, so I don't want to speak out of turn because I, I, I've been to enough Asian countries and I've done enough stuff in Asia uh, to try just about anything. Uh, off camera, I'll tell you about my last trip 
to Japan uh, where I ate some pretty gnarly stuff, uh, but it was what everybody was eating. Um, who am I to tell somebody they can't eat something, especially if they're not living in my in my home? Uh, now, listen, we manage our fishery out here, and uh, we are under strict regulations. We abide by them. Some people may not. And whether you're commercial, recreational, um, if you don't abide by them, I think you should be punished. But if it's legal, uh, I don't see why something should be put to waste. I, I agree in concept with you. We don't live in the perfect world where that will work, unfortunately. Um, we're dealing with species that are being taken unsustainably and fishing fleets who have no problems breaking federal rules to get into waters where they shouldn't be fishing uh, to provide a, a market that is over-demanded. And we're dealing with you know fish stocks globally that can't supply that demand. So, so it... If that's the case, why are people threatening me and not the fleets from other countries? Well, there's a lot of good media coming out that does that. And, <laughs> and I think if you actually looked at other countries and, and the efforts that are being done by, you know, shark and, and you know, I'll, I'll say um, ecological advocates worldwide, there is a lot of focus being placed on that. That's why the U.S. as that's why it's, it's there's bills in the U.S. right now to get things like shark fin banned here, to put pressure on international uh, agencies to do the same. But again, if the fi if if that's the case, then why not ban the harvest of all sharks? I would actually say that that's probably a good thing to do in some circumstances. However, that would be against the data. And I will say that the data always has to rule. And the data says that in some cases the harvest of some species is sustainable. And I think that that's kind of where we need to sit because we can't refute it otherwise. So if they're, if, they're, if they're able to be sustained to be harvested, why not use the entire shark? Because we're not exporting shark meat to China. Uh, well, how about if it was shark teeth? Well, that's also another issue that's a problem. But the, what happens if it's shark liver? That is also another problem. The, the squalene is is actually contributing pretty heavily to um, the undersupply of sharks. But the the whole thing is, if the if 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 the fish is caught legally on a on a sustainable species, why not use the whole thing? Why should something be thrown away? Why would you advocate for throwing away a perfectly Good resource. I think we could go on around and around on this. Uh, all day, yeah, all day and, long. and that's all we're but doing here. We're we're going around in the same circle. Uh, we, we are. I think you know. I I, I get your point. It's well made. Um, I I think I think in a perfect world that works perfectly well. Um, but we're not in that perfect world. And I, and I get and I totally get your point. Um, until you get people to stop wanting to eat a shark fin soup. Uh, but again, it's it's something that's traditional to some people. Uh, and I, listen, it's hard for me to speak. It's very easy for me to speak in my house where I have air conditioning, running water, and I have uh, a piece of food in my refrigerator, what to eat and what not to eat in somebody else's homeland. 
Um, yeah, but that, that's that's never the case. We're talking about shark fin soup that's being served to the rich of the rich. We're not talking about people who are eating it because they have to. Let's get off the the shark fin topic. Um, I want to know, given your experience just recently with these shark fishing tournaments, does it change the way that you approach shark fishing tournaments in the future with your own promotions and social media agency, et cetera? Um, one of the things I know we've talked about is to have a full all-release tournament um, because of the fact that so many people enjoyed it. They had fun. Yeah. Um, again, my my business, my my company, my number one goal every day is to introduce fishing to a new person every day. That's that's my number one goal. Uh, show people that it's fun. Uh, it's a great way to spend time with your friends and your family. So that being said, um, we are talking about doing another one, but this one will be uh, 100% all release. Uh, uh, the the model that we discussed with uh, uh, HSUS. Um, was you know all, please, please let me know what what that acronym stands for i'm not familiar with it hsus uh humane society of the united states okay thank you so uh back when i was uh running shark free marinas uh we partnered up with the humane society of the united states and it was actually quite a big deal for them because they never considered anything i mean they're they're the sort of upper echelon of animal protection no harm can ever come to an animal right um but we discussed with them the benefits of actually being able to commercialize the gathering of research data. And the form that took was advocating for the catch and release tournaments where every boat would have a scientist or a researcher on board where they can take measurements, they can advise the fishermen on which species they get. Because that's another big thing. You know, fishermen may be exceptional fishermen, but they may not be well-versed on how to best release a hammerhead if they get one up, for example. Hammerheads don't survive well when they're caught. So having a watcher on board to collect that data and everyone still gets out on the water, the sponsors still got behind it, uh, we still got the data we needed and whatever that data shows, whether it sh shows that there is indeed more sharks in this area, um, whatever it shows, you're still not going out there and saying, hey, we're just not going to, we're just going to kill them. So first of all, I want to say how excited I am that you're getting excited that you hit your microphone. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's my question to you. If we have, um, if we have an all release tournament, 100% all release, is that something that you personally could stand behind? Absolutely. I have dozens of times before personally in person and advocating for the organ I, this is yeah. the first this is the first time you sure, and sure, i sure. have talked yeah. so please I, please don't talk down to me when i ask you a question i just i don't know i'm asking no, I'm, I'm just i'm asking not talking you. down to you i thought it, you're familiar with uh okay. uh shark free marinas and what we're doing I, because you I, said I, you were before <laughs> i i'm i'm familiar with shark free marinas because uh i, I flew down to puerto yeah. rico <laughs> and um Somebody that knew about this tournament came right up to me and started talking about I I'm like, whoa, whoa, calm down. Don't you want to talk? We have a conversation. Uh don't don't I don't want to have to get defensive. <laughs> don't come after me with a stick.
the good thing about tournaments and working with uh, tournament organizers and the fishermen is that they're very passionate and they're usually extremely knowledgeable. You know, some of the fishermen that we've worked with, you know, they they know how to find the the species and the size and and the the right things that we need for the data while also fulfilling the categories of whatever tournament they're in. They they're usually extremely respectful towards the animals and uh, the scientists on board get their data. Yeah, I mean that's how research gets done. The the notion that some people have that there is enough money in research that scientists could actually go out and gather the, all the data themselves is moronic. And actually, no, I won't say that. It's not. It's, yeah. it's idealism. It's not moronic because people would like to see that, but there isn't that much money in research. We need it to be commercially backed. And if people really knew uh, how cutthroat it is, uh, that people, and I'm, I, I hate to throw scientists under the bus, but they are cutthroat to make sure they get their grants that they need to continue the research that they need, that they want. Um, and it's, it is hard. Uh, so it is nice when you have, like I brought up in, uh, in a statement a little while ago, because of the fishermen and because having scientists on the dock, they found a new species uh, of, of, of marlin uh, because of the fishing efforts that are out there. So, um, you, you know, and you're talking about people that spend countless hours on the water. And like I said at the very beginning of this, you and I will probably be almost entirely, except for a couple little things, we're there's a lot of things that we feel very, very passionately about that are that coincide with each other. Uh, it's just the maybe the approach, or maybe there's a percentage of it. Uh, like, and and correct me if I'm wrong. What I'm perceiving uh, after this conversation that we've had so far is most of the stuff is the same, except for the harvesting of the sharks. Am I correct to say that? I, I think our major perhaps disagreements or points of contention here is number one, the harvesting of the sharks is unnecessary. Number two, the rationale behind the tournament, which is that there's too many sharks in an area. And it wasn't your words, I didn't hear it come out of your mouth, but the tone of a lot of people on that tournament was that this was the ability to go out and reduce those numbers a little bit. Um, I think that that is not backed by science. There's no reason to be thinking that. It's a healthy population, and that is proven by science. So those are, those are the two things that we're really disagreeing on here. Did you, and I just repeat what you said. Did you say that it is a healthy population? Where all, all the data right now shows that we are looking at healthy populations, and that's backed up by NOAA, which says no. that it's sustainable. I mean, no. they do yearly census. I, I, no, they do not do yearly census. They well, they, they collect data yearly to make a – you're right. They don't do a yearly census. They collect data throughout the year to make assessments. Well, each – so they have, a, they have different assessments for different species – at different times, meaning this year may be hammerhead and then you might not get hammerhead again for 10 years. Uh, and don't quote me on that date. I'm just using it as an example. Actually, no. Is that correct? Because they, they issue, I mean, I've looked at the NOAA data and every year they catalog the number of sharks that are reported to them. They look at it, whether it's, you know, larger or smaller, they look for a trend to see if it's increasing or decreasing and then make their assessments on whether that species can still be caught, right? They, well, they, they do they do stock assessments. Uh, each year they have different stock assessments, so different species are different, and they do different kind. And I'm glad you. And actually, you just triggered a memory of mine. Um, and 
you've used the word a couple times, and I'm going to re- repeat the word you use, is follow the science, follow the data. So, um, and you, I don't know if you're in front of a computer, and I can't quote the year, um, but one year, I remember the date, I, they, um, they flew me up on an emergency meeting on December 6th through the 8th, and I want to say the year was 2017, but you can probably f- look this up. NOAA and National Marine Fisheries got sued by Oceana to reduce the mortality of dusky sharks by 30%. So uh, we got rushed up. And they got sued. You have to reduce mortality by 30%. And I said... We, uh, 2015. Uh, 2015? Say. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Uh, I knew it's been a while. I didn't realize it was... Holy smokes. I've been on I've been on that panel for a lot longer than I thought. I thought I was on that panel for like seven years. That's seven years already. And I was already like my second year. Uh, anyway, so uh, we got broken down into different work working groups and... Reduced by 30%, reduced by 30%, reduced by 30%. And I said, okay, so we're coming up with ideas about reduction of 30%. So uh, I finally, I'm thinking, okay, I'm okay with different things that we can do by, to reduce mortality by 30%. And I finally asked the question. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm just a dumb fisherman. 30% of what? What's the number? Are we, are we losing 10,000 duskies a year? Are we losing 1,000 duskies a year? Are we losing 100,000 duskies a year? What, what's the baseline so that we can reduce it by 30%? The answer that was given to me by NOAA was we don't know. And that number was given to me. Uh, and I, when I asked, what do you mean you don't know? It's because the way they do the studies... Uh, what you said every year, they they call X number of people uh, and they get their numbers and then they add a multiplier to it. Fishing uh, stock assessment isn't an exact science. There's, there's a lot of, uh, and I don't know everything about it. Um, there's an actual multiplier and it's tough when you're dealing with an open ocean and you don't know what's below the surface. It's not like being on a cattle farm and you can count the heads. And I said, well, what do you mean you don't know? He said, well, it all depends on who ends up answering our question, who we call and how they answer. He, they said, uh, some years mortality is 2,600 dusky sharks. Some years it's six. I go, six what? Six dozen? Six hundred? They said, no, mortality is six. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how do we reduce mortality by 30%? Yeah, just knock it down to four. Six, to four? Is that what you mean? <laughs> I, how do you, so, um, and, I, and, I, and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. It's, it's hard to collect this kind of data because of uh, funding. Uh, unless you have somebody that's out there counting every single fish, it's hard and it's not an exact science. And again, and going back to where we wanted to have this, uh, this shark tournament was to just to show, give people some numbers. Hey, 
and again, I'm going to go back to, I have to thank you guys because you guys brought a lot of attention to what we were doing. We were just going to go show numbers. You guys called up Noah. You said all these things. So now a week after the tournament, Noah called me up because I'm all over the news and I'm on the AP panel. So they're like, fly, what's going on? What happened? What did you see? What are the numbers? And, um, we gave him the numbers. I went back to I, our meeting was again this year in September. Uh, we had a conversation, uh, and this is a and I hate to use the word problem. This is there's no easy fix. There's no silver bullet to this. Um, it's 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 something. And again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I wanted to start a conversation. We've started the conversation with Noah. We've started the conversation with a lot of people. Uh, we started this conversation with you and I, where even now I just asked you, and, and you informed me that if we had an all-release tournament, is that something that you can get behind and, and help us with? So if that's being said, and from this moment forward, if and I say this moment forward, which could be three years, it could be five years, it could be 10 years, we're suddenly... Groups like mine can work with groups like yours to capture numbers and help Noah. Then guess what? That tournament worked. I think, uh, yeah, you're touching on what I always rail about, which is the lack of real solid data and the frustration in having that. So if if organizations like yours were to say, "Hey, we are going to run a research based tournament," which you have in the past, you have in the future, um, you have. No mortality. I think what you'll find is you'll get a lot of groups uh, advocating for and helping you with the same amount of press, possibly, but not the what, negative what, stuff. Here's the question, though, and, and you say without the negative number of press, and, and I'm just being a devil's advocate here. You're saying that you would be supportive of it, <clears throat> but there may be some people in certain groups, and I don't. I'm not trying to, but some people that say no, we don't want those numbers. We want just nobody touching the sharks. Well, then I'd say to them that uh, you know you got to break some eggs to make an omelet. And we do need those numbers. We do need people to go out and actually do intensive efforts. And there may be some mortality from getting those efforts, though that data. But in having that data, we can better understand the fish stocks, better understand the ocean, and better understand how we get to protect these animals better and set a better example for the rest of the world who should be doing the same thing. I, uh, I kind of like that statement. I've never used that statement before. Um... I like it. You, sometimes you have to break a couple eggs to make an omelet. Science ain't pretty, you know. You science can it, it to come up with good conclusive answers to build a future. Sometimes science has to be a little bit destructive, and that doesn't mean that we go out and decimate anything. It just means that sometimes the practices can be less than ideal in some people's eyes. But that's how we get data, and that's okay. So that being said, um, I know it's uh, and in. <sighs> I hate saying this. I know in the circles on your side, there's been a lot being said about the two divers that are getting prosecuted for pulling the long line gear out of the water. Are you familiar with that? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably a conversation for another podcast. Uh, and so that's fine. I, but I feel like we might have some more of these. But, I mean, in that in that circumstance, they they went and did something they shouldn't have. And that was that was a NOAA study. They had a NOAA scientist on board for that. Yeah, they, they messed with fishing gear that they shouldn't have in the point of advocating for something that was unrelated. Um, you know, there's a time and a place for protest, and that was a, a valid scientific effort that they probably shouldn't have gone after. So, and, and again, that, and that is, that's the only reason why I brought up, uh, why I brought up the whole fact of if you do it for science, we can be supportive of it. And I'm like, are you sure the whole group will be supportive of it because of no, no, you'll never, you'll never find the entire group. But what you will find is that people won't be calling death threats in. Um, so and not that I'm advocating for it or saying that should happen. Please, I'm just saying nobody. that please as nobody, a, no more death threats, man. Uh, please uh, look. I mean, to uh, I will say conclusively to our audience out there, we do not support any type of physical threats or violence or harassment of people. Um, because of uh, just like exactly what just happened in this tournament. We, we definitely don't. However, valid protest is encouraged. I think there are a lot of good people who had uh, the right ideas. And like you say, a few outliers uh, perhaps took it a little too far. Um, yeah, and, that, but and that's as you in say, anything. On both sides that existed. 100%. Um, <laughs> 100%. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. Is there is there anything you want to say to uh, to our audience? I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point. But for now, how would you like to sign off? Well, for, first of all, just the fact that you said that gave me goosebumps. I'm so glad that you would uh, love to have me back. Uh, and I threw the word you, love you, in there. Maybe that's it's not your word, love. But- been one of the most interesting conversations I've had in a while. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that because, uh, and I appreciate the fact that. Um, this was a great conversation. Uh, I love good conversations. Um, my my girlfriend and I, uh, we very similarly, we're kind of a little bit on the opposite sides of certain um, stands, and uh, she feels that sometimes it's a problem. I'm like, no, I love it because we have such great conversations. You make me think, and I love that. I love a good conversation where okay. I never thought of it like that. You you made me look at it in a new way. Doesn't mean I have to agree with it, but you know what? Sometimes it gives me something that when I'm talking later on, it gives me an opportunity to say, hey, have you guys thought about it this way? So no, I, I appreciate the fact that you gave me the time and a platform uh, and some new ideas on how you speak. And I, and I appreciate your uh, openness uh, to how I was looking at things. Doesn't mean that you agree with what I'm saying, but you, you you gave me the time to look at it through my eyes and say, okay, I see that. I don't agree with you, uh, but okay, I see why you see it that way. And let's let's get some more data. Let's look at it a new way, or let's look at a data, a data set and say, okay, we can look at it this way. And now it gives me a different vantage point so I can understand, hey, guys, while we're looking at this, let's look at it uh, this other way as well. So, no, I, I greatly appreciate you giving me the time uh, on your platform. I appreciate you giving me a great conversation. Uh, I'm fired up for the rest of the day. Everybody else better stand back, man. I'm going to get a lot of stuff done today. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> Thank you very much. This uh, certainly has been a stimulating conversation and I appreciate your candidness and, and openness on this topic. Um, 
we look forward to having you back sometime soon. All right. And uh, I will, now that I know uh, your feelings, uh, as we move forward with some other stuff, maybe I will uh, contact you for your perspective and maybe some guidance on how to do uh, certain things a certain way to make sure we might be capturing something from a... Oh, that was a pun. I didn't even plan on it. <laughs> Capturing. Uh, just to make sure we're, we might be going about it in, 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 a, in a different way to make sure we get some more information that we may not have thought about. I'd be happy to. I think there's, uh, there's more common ground here than perhaps people realize. And uh, I look forward to helping out with that in the future. Thanks, Fly. Appreciate your time, mate. No, thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to uh, talking with you again soon in the future. Well, what can I say that hasn't already been said in that conversation with Fly? The guy's a character. There's clearly a lot to be discussed here. But I will go back to my mainstay tenant of data has to rule. And I think a lot of our conversation was around how we feel about things, how we feel about sharks being taken, uh, the, the economics of it, the shark finning, the global problems, but it all comes down to the data. And if the data doesn't exist, we need to find ways to get it. And I think that there are constructive ways that we can get that data by working with people like Fly and the organizations that he works with to go and use recreational fishing and perhaps even commercializing that and turning it into tournaments isn't a bad idea when it's facilitating science. Where I draw the line is where it's purely recreational sport and destruction of a species that is just now enjoying a bit of breathing room. Because God knows sharks and their populations need some breathing room. Uh, you know, we're dealing with worldwide populations that have crashed by up to 90%. Sure, we might have some locally managed, well-managed species and I'm not downplaying that. You know, NOAA has done some excellent work in managing that. But we are dealing with highly migratory species that do intermix and interbreed with other waters that we don't control. Now, sure, the bull sharks in America might not be swimming over to Thailand or something, but they do mix in waters that aren't federally controlled. So we, we really need to set the standard and example of sustainably managing the species and where there is mortal take, I think it's the right standard to, to have that we don't do it just for sport because there really isn't any good eating meat being brought out of the larger sharks for these tournaments. They can talk all they like about, you know, it getting sent to food banks, et cetera, but it's, it's really, it's not good meat. It's often not accepted. And the majority of the time, those animals end up in the dumpster. That's, that's the fact. That's the truth. Yeah, that might not be always, but the majority of the time it is. And I think we can do better than that. So I do want to thank everyone for, for listening to this. For those who are in the, the sport fishing camp, there's conservationists willing to work with you. Absolutely. Uh, there are people who are decrying you and, and protesting and saying horrible things. Yes, that's absolutely the case. That exists. 
as Fly said, you know, those are the outliers. The outliers in your camp are the ones who are going out and saying, hey, let's catch and kill every shark we can. Kill them all, they say. String up, kill them all. Bash them, shoot them, chop them, whatever. Those are your outliers. So while we on the conservation side might be able to say, hey, do you think we can tone things down a bit and work with the sport fishermen to go and collect data that will help better protect our animals? I think you'll find that most people will say, yeah. But in return, talk to the people who are out there trying to bash, kill, and destroy sharks and get them to tone it down a bit as well and perhaps stop that unsustainable practice. And let's meet in the middle somewhere, guys, because really we're all here to protect an animal that we very much care about. And if it's not the animal, it's the ocean and its resources. And they're all completely intermixed. There's no isolating them from each other. So we all have to work together. Okay, well, that's it for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. I want you to stay tuned to this feed as we continue to cover the sharkiest current topics, talk to top scientists and experts, and learn about the latest conservation efforts to keep this amazing animal from extinction. I want to thank you for listening to Shark Week, the podcast. Be sure to rate us five stars and subscribe for more shark fun facts. Until next time, I'm Luke Tipple. I'll chat to you soon.